Hi, and thank you for listening to me introduce the Family Life Christian Center podcast. Whether you're listening because you slept in on Sunday or you're just back for more, we are so glad you're here. We truly believe God is doing great things in the earth through you. Whether it's your family, friends, coworkers, or people you've never met, you are called to touch the lives of those around you. We believe it's our job to empower you to fulfill your highest calling in Christ. So buckle up, because we know God has something special for you right here and now. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. Hallelujah. Father, I speak your blessing on this word. Lord, I bind every form of distraction that might come in today trying to hinder the hearing of the word. Lord, we declare in Jesus' name, this word goes forth with power and authority into every heart, and every heart is changed to the maximum amount that we could be from this, in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, we invite you to teach us. Amen? Amen. Amen. You know, I heard a song when I was little, and uh, it says... You're a good man, Charlie Brown. Ever heard, ever heard that? Oh, yeah. You're a good man, Charlie Brown. I was, um, I was in uh, Liberia um, after I had done a three-day conference over there. And I had to, we had to wait, I think, two extra days uh, in our hotel room. We couldn't go out. We had to wait in our hotel room um, and uh, waiting for our airplane to leave on Tuesday. <clears throat> and uh, so while we were just waiting... Um, uh, me and Eldon Tracy, uh, who has ushered me into several nations, we were sitting and talking, and, and the fellowship was so powerful. It was of God. We met with a few other brothers who were from Liberia there as well and got a chance to minister. But there was one phrase that Eldon started to speak to me. And he said, he said uh, Joseph Barlow, you are a great man. He said, you are a great man. And he kept saying it to me, you are a great man. And I would say something and he'd say, you're a great man. And I would say something else, he'd say, you're a great man. And uh, you know, when somebody tells you something, if everything's working properly and it's the right source and everything, when somebody tells you something, we're actually supposed to believe it, right? I mean, if everything was working properly in the media, we should be able to believe what they're saying. (laughs) Isn't that funny? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You know, after our picnic a couple weeks ago when we we spoke that the weather was going to be such and such, and I think we missed it by, uh, was it five, six degrees, right? Something like that. But everything else was exactly as we said. In the midst of several days of rain, we got sunny, uh, you know, partly cloudy and a breeze. It was just five degrees too hot for me. But somebody told me, you should go into, you should be a meteorologist. (laughs) When I was little, or when I was younger, um, I used to... We, I remember I was having an all-school mass at, in my high school, okay? And I would play guitar at the all-school mass. It was in the Catholic, it was a Catholic high school. And um, so I would play all the music, you know, for all the different songs through the mass, you know? And then at, at uh, meditation, what do you call it? Um, after communion, you know, there would be a little time for everybody to just sit, and then I'd play a song. 
one day I played Dust in the Wind, and it was, it was a current popular song, you know, by Kansas, you know. And I, I played that, and my brother sang it, you know. Well, and it sounded just like the record, except for the violin. We didn't have a violin player. Rachel, where were you? Oh, this was 40 years ago. <laughs> More than 40. Uh, yeah, right. Good long time ago. Um, but people, after I played that, they, th they said, man, you're amazing. And they just, man, compliment after compliment. Walking down the school hallway in school, and they just tell me, I mean, everybody, man, that was amazing. That was awesome. That was awesome. And uh, everybody had to say something. When people are speaking into you and speaking into you, something can get a hold. What you, what's happening is you're beginning to find some identity right. of who you are. Right. We've got to find our identity. We have it over here. Um, Watch my feedback for a second. <laughs> but uh, right over here on this chart, on this uh, vision, the church vision, here we have in the middle, our, our ultimate goal is you fulfilling your highest calling in Christ. Okay? And so we've, we're trying to touch on all of these different things. And as I was praying, this was focused. Uh, the, the, the Lord highlighted this in my preparation for today. Uncover your true image and identity. I want to, we want to find out who you are. You know, um, years ago, I was over at uh, Vito's house, and uh, Vito and Olga's house, and uh, Vito said, you know, somebody gave us uh, uh, this tree. It was in a big pot, you know. He said, but I didn't know what it was until it bloomed. Once it blooms, you know what it is. You know, when you're raising children, <laughs> you have no idea who you might be raising. You have no idea. Unless the Lord gives you something prophetically, like <clears throat> after, after Sarah was born, and then uh, our firstborn, and then uh, I was thinking, you know, I really need a drummer, right? <laughs> and uh, so Andrew was number two. He, he, was, he was in the womb. And uh, so I tapped on her tummy, and he tapped right back. I thought, there's my drummer. <laughs> There's my drummer, <laughs> and, uh, and it wasn't long before he was playing drums for us. And for his second birthday, we bought him a little Mickey Mouse drum set, and he, walked, he would walk into our bedroom at 7 in the morning with that Mickey Mouse drum set. Go for it, son. He would start playing. <laughs> I mean, what are you, Joe, are you crazy? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> we loved it. <laughs> because at an early age, we were to help we were able to help him identify something about himself. And we rejoiced in it with him. Do you know, I've preached a sermon in the past about um, Christmas and about how really we can spend our full Christian life opening the presents that God gave us. Right? Every day for the rest of your life is Christmas. Christmas means celebration of the Christ or celebration of the anointed one and his anointing, right? So the celebration of what did Jesus do for you? Well, every day, so in the past I've taught this, you know, here you got to pick up this gift and look what God has done. But I want to change the perspective on that for a second. You need to start looking in the scriptures to be able to look inside of yourself 
to find out what God already put in there. I have a ton of scriptures I want to share with you. Johnny, Johnny uh, texted me this morning, said, you got scriptures? And I'm like, ooh, it's a lot. <laughs> so I was almost fearful to give it to him, but he rose to the challenge, so here we are. Um, let me just fly right through this because you're going to get something. Um, uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 3. The tempter came to Jesus and said, if, everybody say if. If. If you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Verse six, if you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Everybody say if. If. If you are the son of God, if you are the son of God, if you are the son of God, The devil comes to introduce doubt. Yes. Has anybody ever blown it? <laughs> okay. You ever done something that you really would just rather have that, like, not on your record? Like, if anybody was filming your life, you'd say, cut right there. Let's time out. We're going we're gonna to erase that. We're going to edit that from the tape. Can we do that? Yeah. You, you understand, right? And uh, so times when we've blown it, we want that, Ugh, no, 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 let's get that off. The thing about when you blow it, the devil's right there seeing if he can paint that right onto your heart and see if you will accept a failure as part of your identity. Does that make sense? He's right there. He's, he's tempting you to try to convince you that you are failure personified. And I'm here to tell you, that ain't true. You are the son of God. You are a son of God. You're a child of God. You are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God prepared for you to do. He prepared in advance for you to do. You are a masterful piece of art, okay? It, it, we don't know ourselves. And today I'm, I'm, you know, many times I'm here to introduce you to Jesus, but today I'm here to introduce you to yourself. Okay? Is that a, yeah. And I'm talking about you as a transformed one, right? <clears throat> if you are the son of God, then do this or that. There's, in Jesus' mind, there was no question. He knew who he was. Okay, Genesis 1:26. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, birds in the sky, over the livestock and over all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Let us make man in our image. My friends, you are made in the image of God. Now, in the past, I believe, personally, we have all taken that lightly. We've all taken that lightly. Okay, yeah, I'm made in the image of God. Yeah, he's got a nose, I got a nose. He's got two arms, I got two arms. He's got two legs, I got two legs, right? Recently, I started teaching on 
how our heart demands justice. And I realize the reason our personal, each one of our hearts demands justice is because we're made in the likeness and image of God. That's right. And he is a God of justice. He's a God of love and love forgives, but forgiveness is the remedy to the justice that's demanded because your heart demands justice. Your heart demands, you know, it says that if somebody, uh, if, a, if a man commits adultery and, uh, and, he's, he's, uh, and the husband finds out, it says that husband will not relent no matter how much the bribe, no matter how much the payoff, no, I'm just gonna kill you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's just gonna, he's a, <laughs> you transgressed my honor, you're dead. Your heart demands justice. Now forgiveness is awesome. Forgiveness is wonderful, right? Because temptation, the devil's the one, you know what, this is how the devil operates. He'll tempt you, tempt you, tempt you. And then as soon as you do it, he'll accuse you, accuse you, accuse you. When he was the one getting you to do it in the first place. We gotta be wise. Let us make man in our image. He did that. Okay? John 8, 31. The Jews who had believed him, or to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves to anyone. How can you say that we shall be free? So look with the, how they were identifying themselves. We're Abraham's descendants, okay? Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I, I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. I am telling you what I have seen in my father's presence and you are doing what you have heard from your father. They said, Abraham is our father. They answered, if you were, and Jesus said, if you were Abraham's children, then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you are looking for a way to kill me. A man who has told you the truth that I heard from God, Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your own father. We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. And Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. <clears throat> not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies, okay? And here Jesus was accusing these people that they were of their father, the devil. Now, isn't that encouraging? <laughs> How would, now I couldn't ever believe Jesus would say a mean thing to anybody, right? It wasn't mean, it was loving because he needed to tell them the truth. 
that they were of their father, the devil. Man, I've had people come close to hitting me physically when I talked like this. They were like ready to jump up out of their chair and smack me. Okay, they were furious with me when I brought up this verse. Okay, but in Matthew 7, 11, you know, when Jesus is talking about, um, uh, you know, he said, um, if any of you, if, if, if your son asks you for a stone, would you give him, or if your son asks you for a loaf of bread, would you give him a stone? No. If he asks you for a fish, would you give him a serpent? No. And he said, you being evil know how to give good gifts. It says it right here. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Now, he said to them, you being evil, why would Jesus call his audience evil? I will tell you, because they were of their father, the devil. But they got born again after Jesus went to the cross Jesus made the way. He, he led captivity captive. All those people in the Old Testament who were dead and they were in Abraham's bosom, right? And Jesus led captivity captive. The Bible says that Jesus, after he died, he went and preached to those people, even the ones who were outside the ark, okay? It says he preached to them. Why did Jesus preach to them? Because there was nobody else who could preach to him down there. And Jesus was working salvation. And then it says he led captivity captive. That means he led a parade right out of hell. And he ascended. Right? Is this, is this accurate? Right. Is this okay? You understand? All right. So here, BC, you know, all of us have a BC before Christ. You remember your BC years? Okay, some of us would rather forget, and that's a godly thing to do, is to forget. Did you know there's an anointing to forget? Because the scripture says, forgetting what lies behind. Yes. And I like the fact that it uses that word lies. Because oh. <laughs> the father of lies wants to use that whole host of stuff to tell you how terrible you still are, yet you've been redeemed. If you have called upon the name of Jesus, if you have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, you are a brand new person. Amen. That old person is dead. Hallelujah. Yes. Some of you had a funeral. Did you know what your funeral was? Your baptism. When you got water baptized, that was your funeral. Did you know that? That was a funeral for your old man. Yeah. <sighs> Buried and resurrected. So you get to come back to life immediately, but as a new person, brand new. You, you, we're going to do a water baptism, right? Before the end of, uh, before it gets cold, we're going to do a water baptism in Jesus' name. It's going to be fun too. Not only fun, but I believe it'll be life transforming. For those of you who have never been water baptized, I do recommend it. <clears throat> we can get into that later. Um, so Jesus called those who were not born again, he called them evil to their faces. How rude. <laughs> you know what? There is such an attitude nowadays that, yeah. that anybody who says anything that is firm or strong, you're saying, you're being mean. 
No, I'm just telling the truth. The truth is not mean. The truth is the truth. And God himself is the spirit of truth. And I'll tell you, when the truth is spoken, even though it might hurt, the truth will set you free. And we need the truth. You don't need anybody. <laughs> you don't need anybody to pet the devils that abide with you. Is that okay? You don't need somebody to come and, oh, I know you're, I know you have a problem with this. That's okay. No, it's not okay. Jesus came to set them free from that. Oh, it's okay that you have this problem. Let's, we, you better not put your stamp of approval on wrong. Do not call evil good. Do not call evil good. There's no condemnation in Christ, my friends. There's no condemnation. And you, the scripture says that you, literally, it says this. If you're born again, if you believe in Jesus Christ, it says literally that you stand before the throne of God spotless and without blame. Did you know that? Did you know that? I'm introducing you to yourself today. You stand before the throne of God, spotless and without blame. Huh. I, love, I love the Lord. Do you know his salvation was really complete? <laughs> it was really, really satisfactory, more than satisfactory. It got the job done in deeper ways probably than you still will ever know. I can tell you that if you would study the scriptures only to find out what happened in your salvation, you would spend the rest of your life digging and studying that out because there's still more to be learned. No matter how far you've gone, there's more to be learned. And the Holy Spirit is there to lead you into all truth. Are we doing okay? All right, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, or he is a new creature. The old, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I like it in the King James better, so let me just say it that way. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That's a command. When it says behold, that's a command. You know what behold means? Look. Hey, everybody, look up here at my hand. See my hand? All right, watch this. Behold my hand. I said the same thing. I'm, I'm giving you a command. Behold my hand. When it says behold, all things are become new. That means that you are supposed to start looking at the new creation to find out what happened when you got born again. Who did you really become? I can tell you, you are a great man. I can tell you, you are a great woman. I can tell you, you are a child of God. I can tell you that you are spotless and blameless in his sight. I do love the Lord. All right, 1 Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen people. Say, I'm chosen. I'm chosen. 
You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. I think another translation says you are a peculiar people. I like that. Peculiar. You are peculiar. You, you know how I've said many times that um, if God calls you to be a part of this church, I am highly suspect of you. I'm highly suspect of your future. I'm highly suspect of who you are called to be. I am wondering because I just know you are peculiar. If you like a church like this, you are peculiar. If you like a church like this, you are peculiar. There's a lot of folks who really got it all together and they can't handle stuff like this. This is too much for them. I sent a tape or I sent a video to a, fr a friend and I said, man, you should watch this. It was a, it was a um, testimony by Jesse Duplantis of when he went to heaven. Yeah. And I said, what'd you think of that? He goes, I couldn't take it. He said, I shut it off. Too much. He could not handle it. He could not handle it. It was too much for him. Well, when people have it all together, remember the scripture says, the father has hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to babes. Well, Nancy, you're a babe. <laughs> That's why she gets miracles, because she's a babe. <laughs> oh, I think I got that translation incorrect. Wait, let me fix that. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> all right, all you babes need to be uh, working miracles now. <laughs> That's funny. Um, reveal them to little children. Be like a child in your heart. You know, children don't have deep offense. Children don't hold grudges. Come on. Keep your heart pure and easy like a child. Whew. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You have been called out of darkness. Amen. You know what that means, actually? You're not living in darkness anymore. <laughs> Just so you know. Do you know in the land of Goshen, there was light when all of Egypt was dark? Wow. So over your house, it's like there's light. Well, what does that mean really, Joe? Well, when everybody else is confused over your house, all the air is clear, there's light, there's no darkness, it's not cloudy, there's understanding, there's wisdom, there's revelation. The sky, the heavens are not brass, the heavens are, the heavens are open. That's the way we live. We don't live in the land of darkness anymore. Did you know that? Now you do. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Ephesians 2, 1. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. 
all of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Somebody doesn't believe that. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. The scripture says that if you sin, you're a slave to sin. Okay? But the scripture also says, if you're a child of God, you've been set free from sin. So you're no longer, you're dead to sin, right? You're, I mean, sin, it's like, you know, trying to tempt a guy that's laying in his casket and he's just, you know, going to a funeral and trying to tempt somebody who's up there laying down dead. Good luck with that, man. It ain't gonna happen, right? We were, we were by nature deserving of wrath. You know the gunk on the side of the bathtub? You familiar with that? You've seen that before, right? Uh, probably not at your house. Okay, we'll invite you over sometime. We'll see. <laughs> Nobody thinks that's worth saving. Nobody thinks that it's worth saving. The scum on the side of the oh. tub, you know? Nobody thinks that's worth saving. <clears throat> you and I, we used to be not worth it. God has saved us. God has saved us. If you've received Jesus Christ, you are in the kingdom. And if you haven't received Jesus Christ, I highly recommend signing up. Well, how do you sign up? Simply call on the name of the Lord. Just call his name. Say, Jesus, you are my Lord. Let's try it. Jesus, you are my Lord. Say it. Jesus, you are my Lord. Whew. And once again, like I've said before, in heaven, that is a legal transaction when you say that. When you say Jesus is Lord, that is a legal transaction. You're giving your life over and you're receiving his life. And I think that's a great deal, by the way. I give him his, I give him my life and he gives me his. <laughs> Sign me up. Can I do it again tomorrow? Let's do it, man. No, you, you're good, Joe. Just, once, you just receive that life now. Just find out what that life means. Verse four, Ephesians 2, 4. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. You know what it means when it says it is by grace? It means that God did not save you because you're so dang good looking. He didn't think, wow, I really got to get them on my team. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, look how handsome they are. Look how, look how amazing they are. They're so, oh, oh they're just so wonderful. Sorry, that's not the way it was. You may think you're handsome. You may think you're gorgeous or good looking and all that. Scripture says your own righteous works, your self-righteous acts are like a filthy rag. And if you don't know what that means, Imagine life before Tampax was invented. Listen, 
I'm going to have to tell you the truth, all right? That's what it means in the Hebrew. That's literally what it is. Filthy rags, it's literally referring to a woman's monthly cycle rag. That is what it's talking about. And God is comparing your good deeds that you think you're so awesome, he's comparing it to that. Why waste time? How much time do I get to talk to you during the week? Why waste? I got to get the point across. All right? I love you. <laughs> I got to tell you the truth. My son, Mark, was telling me, he said, Dad, why do you think that God used that illustration when he talked about our self-righteous acts? I said, I don't know, man. He goes, Dad, I think I know. He said, because when there is no intimacy, that rag is required. But when there's intimacy, there's a child coming forth and there's no monthly cycle. I thought, that is beautiful. That is some revelation right there. We need to have, you know, when I'm sitting down in my chair, looking out the window and just, I have my computer in my lap. I, I, use, I put a pillow on my lap and then I put my computer on the pillow, okay? So I'm just sitting there, looking out the window, looking at my computer, looking through all my scriptures and praying, journaling, and I'm just listening. That is communion. You understand? That is communion. That is where I'm believing for seed to come down into my mind and in my heart the seed of God's word to grow something in me, to, to birth in me. I said, Lord, I said, I, 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 was, I was sitting there today, I was praying, and I said, Lord, if you have a vision for me in this certain area, I want you to talk to me. And I went and laid down. I said, Lord, just talk to me. And he started, all of a sudden, these thoughts just started coming to me about what, what I had just inquired of him. My friends, that's intimacy. That's where he's just right there sharing with you. He's talking to you. If you're offended by what I say, just you have a responsibility to forgive me. All right? <laughs> Is that okay? I mean, it's true. It's true. Um, uh, let's go back to verse four. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by God's grace that you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Do you know that literally means that right now you are seated in heaven with Jesus? So the best illustration I can give you on this is, uh, some of you have heard this before, but this friend of mine, he used to be in a band with us years ago. And uh, he was, um, he said he was praying in the spirit. And he said, while he was praying in his spirit, he, he said it was like he was cutting his way with a machete through a jungle. He said it was just like slogging through, you know, just praying in the spirit. And, and it was like, because, you know, praying in the spirit, you're actually doing kingdom work. I don't know if you knew that. I love praying in the spirit. 
because it can bring so much wisdom and breakthrough. And once again, I would tell you that over 90% of the miracles that have ever happened in my life came as a direct result of me praying in the Spirit. Okay? So I'm highly into this, right? This friend was, he was praying in the Spirit and just like it was like he was cutting, and he came to this clearing. And in this clearing, in this vision or picture that, or thing that he saw, he saw this big stone like demonic structure, like a sphinx type of thing, you know? And he said the thing was old stone, it was just weathered. And he said the thing was just looking down at him. And he looks up at this thing and he goes, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, be thou removed. He said the thing just sat there and stared at him. He said, I command you in Jesus' name, get out of my way. And he said the thing just stared at him. And he said, Jesus tapped him on the shoulder and said, here he's, he's rebuking this thing. And Jesus taps him on the shoulder and says, hey, John, what are you doing? He said, I'm trying to get this thing out of my way. And he said, John, John, come here, I want to show you something. And he takes him up with him, seated in heavenly places. And he said, John, is that what you were concerned about? And John goes, oh, yeah. And he walks on. You see the difference? You and I are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We are, and, and as long as you take that perspective, there is so much that can't touch you. There is so much that cannot touch you. When I was little, I would pray against every single thing I could think of that might possibly ever happen during the night. <laughs> Anything I could think of that would happen, I would pray that it wouldn't. And I would just say it. I would just go through this list, you know, and just keep praying and keep praying. As you gain more understanding of the word of God, and as you gain more understanding of what Christ has done in us and the power that he's put onto us, we are transformed and we can rest easy. You know, because then that whole prayer time that I had as a child every night was replaced with Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. So I'm like, okay, Lord, you got me. I'm going to sleep. You need to get to the place where you can just say, Lord, I trust you. I'm going to sleep. Lord, I trust you that my family's safe. I trust you that my house is safe. Lord, I trust you that all this stuff, I, the church is blessed. You know, JBM is blessed. Lord, I just trust you. All is well. I'm going to sleep. Um, God raised us up and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. That's not future tense. That is past tense. He has done that, which means you better start looking from where you are seated. Do you know, uh, my son wrote this song. I was just listening to it um, yesterday. It hasn't been released yet, but it's called CVS. It's one of my favorites. Uh, and uh, it's talking about him uh, going to buy flowers for his girlfriend at CVS. <laughs> um, 
But then the second verse says, we went up, I, I took you up to the water tower. He said, if only we could see this far on the road ahead. Okay? If only we could see this far on the road ahead. Because up at the water tower, you can see a long, you can see a lot. So our position of seated with Christ in the heavenly realms is something you should visit. You should go sit down next to Jesus. In your prayer time, just see yourself sitting next to Jesus. Be quiet. And while you're sitting there, just say, Lord, why don't you show me what you want to show me? Show me what I can see from this position. Ask him to show you. You'd be amazed what scriptures will come to your mind as you're in that position. And say, just show me what you want to show me. And it's, I'll tell you, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful view. It's a beautiful view from seated with him in heavenly places. And you've been given this freely as a gift to you so that you can see your life, you can see the road ahead, you can see things. This is why it says the Holy Spirit in John chapter 16, it says he will tell you things to come. Um, You ever heard of uh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace? Well, I would encourage you to change that in case you were buying into that. You were a sinner, but you were saved by grace. So guess what you are now? You're righteous before God. He gave you righteousness as a free gift. He purchased it for you. So now you're righteous. Okay? You're no longer evil. Did you know that? You're not evil. You're righteous. You're a child of God. You are God's representative in the earth. Okay, so Colossians chapter two, verse six. I'm gonna just take a two more, three more minutes. So then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Now that verse, Colossians 2, six, I would recommend you commit that one to memory. Here's why. Because this simplifies your life dramatically. How hard was it for you to get saved? It wasn't hard. It was very easy, and God made sure, yet it was the biggest miracle that ever happened in your life or ever will happen in your life, and it all happened easy. You gave your life to Jesus. He gave you his life, and so much happened in that moment, and you simply trusted him, and you said, I trust you, right? Well, guess what he says? You know how you guys did that? You know how you got saved? You remember that? You, know how, you remember how easy it was? Just live like that the rest of your life. Just do it the rest of your life. Go for it. Just live that way. You know how that was? You know how easy it was to get saved? Go ahead and live the rest of your life that way. This is what Colossians 2.6 is telling you. So then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. It says rooted and built up in him strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. 
For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. By the way, I would recommend going back and listen to this message again. There's so much in here. It's gonna take you two, three, maybe five listens to get this. And if it's new, go for 10. Why not? Get to the point where you could just recite it back. You need to get into this. This needs, you need this to transform you. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him, you also, you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of him who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. <coughs> Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Romans 6, 8. Now, if we died with Christ, which we did, we believe that we also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin. Here it is. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin. Imagine, you're the guy in the casket. You're the gal in the casket. You can't be tempted because you're dead to sin. Got a problem with sin? Imagine, just spend, spend two minutes. Just get a picture in your mind. That's you in the box. You're dead. And no matter what people do, they can't tempt you because you're dead to sin. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Matthew 3, 16. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. You are God's child, and he loves you. You've been named. He loves you. He delights in you, okay? For us to know our identity is critical. We have to know who we are. Because in order to function, like if you, were, if you walked into a <clears throat> backstage at a, uh, at a play, right? And they had a, <clears throat> they had a whole bunch of scripts whole bunch of scripts. They're all laying there, okay? You've got to pick up a script and read. But if you don't know what role you're playing, you don't know what script to pick up. That's good. This is why you need to know your identity. Amen. So all you have to do is look for, a, oh, son of God, that's a child of God, that's me. Here's, I, I'm going to read the child of God script. Well, good. Did anybody carry their child of God script with them today? You got your Bible, you know? That's your child of God's script. That's the one you're supposed to read. That's the one that tells you who you are, how you're supposed to act, what has happened to you, tells you your whole backstory, and it tells you your whole front, the forward story. It's all in there. 
1 John 4.17. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world, we are like Jesus. Philippians 2.12, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You know what working out your salvation is? Dig in there and find out what happened to you and then make room for it in your life. That's what working out your salvation is. Dig into the scriptures and find out what happened to you and then make room for it in your life. Romans 12.2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You will be transformed as you spend time in the word of God, prayer, spending time with God, listening to this teaching again. It helps me so much to listen to other people's teaching, okay? All right, so as I was finishing up this, I said, Lord, I need you to speak to me. Is there a word you wanna say to the people? He said, I want them to know that they are my children and that I accept them. And as they pursue me, there is no end to the depth that they can go in me. They will never run out of things about me to discover. I will show them, I will lead them, they are mine. The fullness that will come in their lives as they effectively if they effectively dine on me, will satisfy every craving and desire they have ever experienced. I'm gonna read that one more time. He said, I want them to know that they are my children and that I accept them. And as they pursue me, there is no end to the depth that they can go in me. They will never run out of things about me to discover. I will show them. I will lead them. They are mine. The fullness that will come in their lives as they effectively dine on me will satisfy every craving and desire they've ever experienced. You, my friends, are a child of God. And God loves you. And he wants you to experience his fullness. Amen? Amen? Amen. Did anybody get anything out of that? Amen. Thank you for listening to the Family Life Christian Center podcast. If you enjoyed that message, please subscribe and share us with your friends. We believe the Holy Spirit is alive and active in the body of Christ and wants to have a relationship with us as he guides us toward our destiny. If you'd like to partner with us in your giving, please check out our website at www.familylife.cc giving, or you can text GIVE to 844 955 Thank you for listening and stay blessed.